Welcome to the Best of Charlotte, a podcast featuring the best small businesses and the most influential professionals in Charlotte, North Carolina. Each week, we'll bring you a new interview with those small business owners and professionals that are making a big impact here in the Charlotte area. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, my friends. I'm your host, Jeff Hamm, and this is episode 59 of the Best of Charlotte podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Christy Bush. She's the founder of For the Love of Dutch. During our conversation, Christy shares a story and inspiration behind her holistic dog food company. For the Love of Dutch prepares fresh cooked meals and treats for your dog that are human grade and vet recommended. It's handcrafted, ready to serve food that's made with fresh seasonal produce and sustainably sourced meat from local Carolina farms. The food is delivered fresh to your door. In addition to sharing the story and inspiration behind her business, Christy also shares some great advice for those who may be dreaming of opening their own small business someday. Thanks as always for following along with the Best of Charlotte podcast and connecting a little more closely with the Charlotte small business community. Enjoy getting to know the founder of For the Love of Dutch, Christy Bush. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I have two dogs at home and uh, one is a little uh, bit of a sensitive eater. So I'm looking forward okay. to kind of chatting with you about you know the inspiration behind your business. Christy, before we do that, uh, if you could share a little bit of your background for listeners, that would be great. Sure. So um, my background is actually from a career work perspective was in insurance and risk management um, for 25 plus years. Uh, Ended up in, yeah, I was in corporate America, worked for a large corporation here in Charlotte. And um, I have a degree from University of Hartford in foreign languages and literature and philosophy. And then years and years of insurance experience, and um, now I'm making dog food. So um, I did do some studying and got some certifications to do it. But yeah, so my background is is very different than what I'm doing now. It's not unusual in these conversations. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. lot of a lot of founders come from really diverse backgrounds, and usually backgrounds that have a lot uh, or really nothing to do with. <laughs> the business that they launch. Yeah, uh, foreign languages. So my stepdaughter majored in Japanese linguistics at Chapel Hill and spent oh, wow. uh, spent a couple of years after graduation in Tokyo uh, working there. And so, yeah, oh, I get that. Awesome. Now she's in digital marketing. So go figure. Oh, so. go figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that. <laughs> well, share a little bit of the inspiration behind For the Love of Dutch. Uh, and then we'll we'll kind of dive into you know the products that you provide there with your company. But what's the inspiration behind the business? So we've had a bunch of basset hounds and our second basset hound was named Dutch and he had um, some medical issues, some crystals actually in his urine. So there was clearly a bladder or kidney problem and our vet at the time, and I loved our vet, but you know, their solution was to put him on a, you know, one of those specialty um, kibble diets and um, some medication and and it was going to be for life. And so I just thought, I'm going to try a holistic vet and just get another opinion because I figured there had to be a better way to uh, to approach this. 
So we went to Atrium Animal Hospital here in Charlotte and um, the vet changed his diet and Lucy's diet, our other Basset at the time, um, and added some Chinese herbs to his food and his problem went away and it was really just diet. Yeah, <laughs> It was remarkable. And so that kind of got me thinking and, and thinking about not only what I feed my dogs, but what we eat. Um, and so I was still working in insurance and I started cooking food for, for Dutch, for both of my dogs, but primarily because of Dutch. And, um, and started learning more and talking to the vet and coming up with recipes. And uh, so when I quit corporate America, uh, I knew there were two things I loved. One was dogs and the other was cooking. I've been cooking since I was probably seven. So I was like, well, I already cook for my dogs. So I'll just start cooking for more dogs. <laughs> um, and so I named the company after Dutch because it's for the love of Dutch. That's why I do what I do. Um, although it's for the love of all my dogs, um, local farms, you know, we source all of our stuff from local farms. That was another part of, of what I wanted to do and what it, I wanted to bring to this company was sourcing local, supporting local farms, you know, which in turn supports the local economy. The meat is better. The produce is better, um, when it's local and not shipped all over the world, um, so that's kind of that was the inspiration behind behind for the love of Dutch. You're able to source a lot of the ingredients for um, your dog food from local farms. That's really interesting. That's really that's pretty cool. What yes, the, it's is the food designed to sort of uh, designed for specific breeds with specific issues, or just uh, just a basically a better way of uh, better nutrition for your dogs. It's really just better nutrition for your dogs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, dogs evolved eating food. Mother Nature provided all the food that they could eat, just like cows graze and pigs forage. And um, and dogs ate primarily scraps. You know, they would follow as they became domesticated from wolves. Um, they followed human camps around and they would eat our scraps and and developed relationships with humans. It was kind of the whole domestication process. Um, and before kibble was invented back in the late like 1800s, um, they ate food. You know, the people would take their scraps and take it outside and put it in the dog bowl and that's what they would eat. So it's, it's just real food. Um, and there are a lot of commercials on TV that you see right now uh, with real food for, for dogs. And it's just better. You know, ours is local. Ours is clean. We have no preservatives. It has to be refrigerated or frozen. Um, the veggies are all organic and we buy as much as we can from local farms. Obviously there are some things that are just not grown in the Carolinas that we have to source, um, outside the Carolinas. But, um, so yeah, I just believe it's a better, it's a better way to feed your dog. It's kind of what their bodies are designed for. Um, is it's fresh. Well, I can relate to the need for really high quality nutrition for a dog. Um, one of our dogs is particularly sensitive to, uh, you know, has dietary, special dietary needs. So I, I totally uh, am on board with providing a better nutrition uh, for your dogs. You were able to merge a couple of passions, your love for your dogs and cooking. 
I'm curious how uh, how did you in the beginning? Uh, how long has for the love of Dutch been in business? We've been around since 2019 officially. That's when mm-hmm. I started the business. We've been online since 2020, early, um, with an online store, uh, okay. which is where you can buy it. Um, yeah, it's primarily uh, purchased online. Yeah, it's primarily purchased online. We do sell it at Pet in the City on Monroe Road here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, it's frozen, but um, they have it there. And it's also served over at Midwood Barkery. It's their um, their house specialty topper. <laughs> Midwood Barkery? Yeah. How have I not heard of that place? I need to check I don't know. Out. It's a great, they board and it's a doggy daycare. Um, and they they use our food as kind of their their special topper. A lot of times dogs, you know, they're at these places and they don't eat well because they're being boarded their way from home. Um, and so they found if you add actually a couple of boarding places, if you add a little bit of our food, the dogs will eat, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of nice. I love it. I'll uh, I'll have uh, links in the show notes for sure for Pet in the City and Midwood Barkery. Okay, and uh, I'll look them up. Yeah, that that sounds really cool. Share a little bit about what was the process like for producing the dog food in the early days and uh, what does the process look like now? So when I first started the company, I was making it all out of my own kitchen and selling primarily to to neighbors and and friends. Um, I did sit down with a couple of holistic vets and talked about what they would like to see in in food. Um, For example, they wanted you know, one protein. So if you say it's beef, it's all beef. You don't have chicken, whatever in it. Or, um, so it's it's only beef, it's only pork, it's only chicken. Um, so I talked to the vets. I also got my canine nutrition certification, um, got my feline nutrition certification as well. We may eventually branch into cat food. And then just did a lot of studying. I put together some recipes uh, I found local resources and, and other resources online that I talked to. Um, and that's kind of how I came up with the recipes that we currently sell. Um, when it comes to the business, though, I mean, I had a you know background in insurance <laughs> and starting my own business was just a, I had really no idea what I was doing. But it was remarkable how everything came together. You know, I I kind of put it out there. I would. I talked to our tax guy, told him kind of what my what I was wanting to do with the company and the local focused and environmentally friendly stuff. He hooked me up with a woman who did my branding, um, Rachel Martin, and uh, and then she hooked me up. You know, I mean, it just it all kind of came together, and uh, I worked with some fabulous people, and and here we are. So we're online. Uh, we so we started in my kitchen. We ended up having to move to a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. We're now at the city kitchen um, with a bunch of you know chefs making human food. Um, they it's a commercial kitchen, so a lot of food trucks that do their prepping there. Event chefs, um, catering companies, taco trucks, and then us making dog food. So it's a human facility. It's human grade stuff that we do so yeah we've grown significantly is that the um commercial kitchen that's located off of monroe road or uh, actually that one is uh, carolina commercial kitchen this is actually off of it's on thrift road 
Okay. Um, it's right next door to Lucky Dog Bark and Brew. Oh, um, <laughs> I know that road very well. Right across from uh, right across from Summit Seltzery, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Midnight uh-huh. uh, Midnight. No, Midnight Mulligan. Yeah, Midnight Mulligan Brewery. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're right across the street from that. Noble Smokes over there too in the yes. area. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a, a fun cool, freedom. That's a great area. Um, lot going on over there. Yes. So you're on. Um, so e-commerce primarily. It's available yes. a, a couple of places locally, but e-commerce primarily. And kind of take us through the the different varieties that you offer, the different products and. How are they shipped? And then how are they cared for when the customer receives them? Sure. So we we actually prep, cook, um, and bag every week. And we deliver on Thursdays the fresh food directly to the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we start the process over again. So you can order. So we have three varieties, sorry. A beef variety that has sweet potato, collard greens, blueberries, cranberries, egg. Um, what am I missing? I think that's it. And then we have a pork that has squash and beets and apple and parsley and quinoa and chicken with potato, carrot, peas, parsley, apple, uh, and barley, a purple barley that we get um, from a farm actually in Michigan, also organic. So those are our three varieties. In the fall, we come out with uh, Lucy's Thankful Feast, which is kind of a take on a a Thanksgiving dinner, turkey and squash and potatoes and green beans and cranberries. Um, And that's uh, quite popular uh, around Thanksgiving and Christmas. So those are our four varieties. Three of them are year round. And we're working on adding some more, um, hopefully over the, you know, by the end of this year. Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so all much fun. Yeah. They're all and you know, uh, people in the kitchen joke that, you know, some of our food that's going out of that place is better than most of the other food. <laughs> yeah, I was just I, I was actually just thinking the same thing about my meal prep. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's better than probably what I eat when I come home. But you yeah. know, it, we do supplement it. It has um it meets all of AFCO's it actually exceeds AFCO standards, which are standards set for um, commercial dog food. Um, yeah, it has fish oil or flax oil, sunflower oil. Uh, so it's, yeah. So those are kind of things we probably wouldn't want in our food, but mm-hmm. dogs love it. Yeah. And it's good for them too. Yeah. Very good for them. Healthy and we coats do find healthy coats and, and uh, so yes. forth. Uh, dogs with allergies and digestive problems tend to do really well. I've, uh, we have a lot of customers whose dogs wouldn't eat, didn't like to eat, um, had upset stomachs a lot or itchy or whatever, the you know, those type of allergy problems. And they eat our food, they like to eat, and they're, they, their itching goes away, their digestive problems go away. So I think because it's so clean, there's just nothing artificial in it that you know that could trigger any kind of allergies so and when the customer receives their uh it so they receive a a weekly shipment at a time a week's supply so you can subscribe on our system Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people subscribe they like to get the fresh food every single week so we deliver weekly Uh, other people get it monthly you know they get enough to last they put some of it in the freezer get it out as they need it 
So you can, you have multiple options on how often you'd like to get your food. And we do ask, they get, you get a reminder email every Wednesday night, you know, that we're going to be there the next day. If they're not going to be home, we ask that they put a cooler out uh, so that we can put the food in the cooler. And then you get a text after it's dropped off that your food's been dropped off. Um, Yeah. And then Friday, we start the process all over again. What's your delivery range? We deliver all the way up to Mooresville, Cornelius, Huntersville, down to Clover, York, Waxhaw, Weddington, Indian Land, Mint Hill. Wow. So kind of the greater Charlotte area. Yeah. Yep. The greater Charlotte metro area. Yeah. And I'm hoping to get into, you know, Hickory, um, Albemarle, and eventually Asheville, Raleigh, you know, Greensboro. Some of those markets I think would be really, would be great fits. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, um, especially the Raleigh-Durham area. Would be a, a would be a huge step, right? That would be an yes. amazing market to get into. I agree, Charleston, Wilmington, mm-hmm. um, as well. So eventually, we're going to probably ship, uh, but that's a whole new ball game that I'm going to have to you know address when it comes to shipping supplies and um, mm-hmm. getting the right rates because the food is heavy and it has to be kept cold. So, um, but eventually, we'll probably be going down that route. Yeah, I could see from a uh, you know from a perspective of how to scale. But another concept that comes to mind, and, and I'm no expert, and I'm not giving you advice, but it's <laughs> having satellite locations. You know, in these markets, what might be another avenue as well. Um, I've actually thought of that. That would probably work better because mm-hmm. that does kind of fit our local model, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and have a kitchen in Greensboro or, or Greenville, uh, Spartanburg area, one in Raleigh, mm-hmm. and then deliver to that local area. Yeah, that's that is another option, probably better than shipping. Yeah, I love that. That's exciting, isn't it? To think about it those is. possibilities. Yeah, that's one it of the, the one of the best parts of small business ownership is just these ideas that we can start to execute on, and you know, just. Thinking big and and a little bit of dreaming too, yes. but that's okay. Yeah, dreaming's good. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't been dreaming <laughs> about this. Absolutely. I mean, if I think back, you know, sitting at my desk doing you know spreadsheets mm-hmm. uh, five years ago, I never would have thought I'd be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a conversation yesterday with a small business owner in Charlotte, and she uh, she mentioned that um, she came from a. a a spreadsheet background as well. She was, I forget the industry she was in. Um, and she was started her interior design business sort of on the side and then built mm-hmm. it into a full-time business mm-hmm. within the last couple of years. And, and, uh, she, she, um, she, she made this a similar comment about <laughs> spreadsheets, but, and small business owners still have to deal with spreadsheets, right? That's oh, yeah. the, you know, that's why it's so important to really be passionate about, you know, right. uh, have some passions in your business because you're going to be doing some boring stuff behind right. the scenes as well. So, but at least they're my spreadsheets talking about my business yeah. versus <laughs> their spreadsheet talking about insurance. So, yeah, yeah. at totally. least in my case, yeah. Greenville, South Carolina is another really cool market um, that you mentioned, yeah. and that would be a, a, a really great place to expand to. And it'd be all of these places within a couple hours of Charlotte kind of makes sense. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing and hearing about progress uh, in, yeah. in that area in the, in the coming years. 
So a customer gets their food for the week and the, the if they get if they're on a weekly meal plan order, the food's good in the fridge for a week or how after how many days should they put in the freezer? It lasts pretty well for about a week. I guess okay. it depends on your fridge. I mean, our food that we cook for ourselves, you know, within a week after a week we throw it out if we yeah. haven't eaten it. Um so it's about the same. I mean, it is cooked fresh and bagged and shipped. So um I would say a week. Okay. All right. But, you know, really similar to how we would treat our own food, right? Uh, yes, when we meal exactly. prep for ourselves. Yep. I get it. And you can, you know, the the larger bags, it's more cost effective to buy the big bag versus several small bags. But if you get a large bag, you can actually divvy it up and put it into portion sizes and, and freeze it um, too. I mean, and some of our customers do that. They portion it out to exactly what they need and then freeze what they don't. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I've got, here's the million dollar question. Um, how does the cost of subscribing to a meal plan with For the Love of Dutch compare to high quality food? I say high quality with finger quotes, you know, the premium brands at um, at the grocery store, pet supply stores. What is the cost? How does it compare to that sort of uh, food? So our food, so comparing it to a comparable fresh food is probably a little bit more because it's local and the everything the veggies and everything are organic. Um, but you save in veterinary bills eventually. Yeah, you know, your dog is healthy. <laughs> so the way I see it, it's it's a, a good trade off. It, it is a little bit more expensive, but but that's the reason why. And when well, you know during COVID, when everybody was having supply chain issues, we weren't because our food comes from. Asheville, uh, you know, we weren't having to wait for it to be shipped in from somewhere else. Uh, so, um, yeah, so there are benefits besides uh, the health benefits to sourcing local. Well, that's a really important point, too. And I would expect it to be more expensive than the national brands. And that's is totally OK. Uh, yeah. And that and that's the way it should be. But you bring up a really good point that, you know, consider the cost savings you'll You'll probably enjoy in veterinary bills. The quality of your dog's life will, mm -hmm. you know, will be much better. And yeah, there's uh, there's just a lot of benefits. Absolutely. I love the business. I love the model. I I love the inspiration yeah. behind it. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. During these conversations, I do love to give like shout outs to other local small businesses. Yeah, and these businesses can be like um, small businesses that have been good, really good partners. For, for the love of Dutch uh, in the sense that like they've been helpful in your journey and uh, helping you do your job and run your business, or they can just be local businesses that you and your team love. Are there a couple that you can mention? Uh, besides Pet in the City and Midwood Barkery, um, I would like to give a shout out to a couple of the farms that we work with, which one of which is Hickory Nut Gap. Happy Dirt is a company out of Raleigh that uh, helps small farm farmers, I guess, in uh, the Carolinas get their product to the bigger market. Um, most of those farms are organic farms. So that's where we get a lot of our produce. I mean, there are some great companies, woman-owned businesses at the kitchen where I work. Uh, and we, as women, small business owners in the food industry, they happen to be in people food and I'm in dog. But running a business is the same. So there's um, we've got Nacho Average 
ta uh, taco nacho nacho average food truck. Um, 22 Street Kitchen is another one. Um, Felicia is the owner. Ashley's the owner of the nacho truck. Hannah and uh, Honey Bear Bakery, all great businesses that uh, I see them every day at the kitchen and we share ideas and they've been incredibly supportive. So shout out to them. Those are great shout outs. Uh, I do love small craft businesses that are local, that are doing amazing work, that are putting the work in and and just mm -hmm. doing it really mostly for the love of their craft and for the love yes. of their customers. So and two of them were in corporate America as well and got out and now are doing what they love too. So um, I love that and I love oh. what I do. So yeah, it's fun. I'll have those uh, the names of those businesses in the show notes for this episode, of course, along okay. with links to um, their websites or social, whichever they have available. Um, so we'll definitely that. have those in the show notes. And I would love to also connect with a few of these. So I'll be reaching out to them in the near future to see if we can maybe have a conversation and talk about their businesses on the podcast. Mm -hmm. One final thing, Christy, before I let you go, um, you've been in business now for uh, I guess three years officially going on four, uh, three to mm -hmm. four. No doubt you've learned a lot in this small business journey that you've embarked on in the last few years. It's a lot different than corporate America for sure. There's, uh, It's a lot different than that eight to five Monday through Friday calendar. <laughs> so 24 <24/7. seven. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We take it with us wherever we go on vacation. Uh, at yep. It keeps us up at night. It gets us up early. <laughs> yes. What is some advice you might have for anyone who's thinking about uh, launching their own small business? Anything that kind of stands out over the last couple of years? I know there's probably a hundred things that <laughs> have that come to mind, but anything that kind of particularly stands out? One thing that stands out for me uh, as a woman in my 50s, is that you can do it. And if there are other women or men, for that matter, out there who are thinking, oh, if only I could, whatever, you know, start a bakery or whatever, do it. Um, it's scary. But there are so many people out there that are willing to help. And that was kind of one big thing I learned. If you just ask for help, it's amazing how many people will come out and support you. Um, ask the questions, you know, yeah, you probably, I haven't ever started a business before, so I had to learn all of this, but the resources are out there and it's never too late um, to start doing what you love. And that would be my biggest piece of advice. Even if you're 52 or 55, do it. Don't be scared. Yeah. Taking that first step is the hardest part. Yes. Um, that's great advice. You know, you can do it. It's never too late. And nope. I, I, uh, I love that advice. That's really great. Uh, and I can relate to that too, as I'm in fully in my middle age years and uh, <laughs> just recently launched a, the, you know, this media company within the last couple of years. It's, um, yeah, I can relate and appreciate that advice too. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christy. Uh, Christy, congratulations on your business, on the growth, and um, you know, wishing you so much future success and expansion with the business. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast and share the story. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to share with our audience. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it. And all the best to you, too. <laughs> We're thanks. on this journey together, I guess. <laughs> we are. We are.
We we're definitely in it together. <laughs> yeah. Keep me posted. I'll keep you posted. I will. Christy Bush is the founder and owner of For the Love of Dutch. Christy, thanks again for joining the podcast. Thank you so much. Big thanks again to Christy for joining the podcast and sharing the story of her entrepreneurial journey. Friends, you can learn more about For the Love of Dutch Dog Food Company at ForTheLoveOfDutch.com. I'll have that link in the show notes, along with links to the other local businesses Christy mentioned during our conversation. As always, you can find the complete show notes for all of our episodes at the home of Charlotte's number one small business podcast, www.TheBestOfCLT.com. Friends, thanks as always for following along with the Best of Charlotte podcast. Another episode drops next week, and I sincerely hope you'll join me again for a listen. Until then, cheers, Charlotte. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Best of Charlotte. Please consider subscribing to the podcast to stay up to date on our weekly episodes and leave us a review. Until next time, cheers, Charlotte.